Pickaxe. Hey, do you like role-playing games? Well, you should check out Mystery Quest. It's an actual play podcast where we focus on all kinds of indie TTRPGs with a rolling cast of special guests. You can find us anywhere where you get your podcasts. I'll see you there. So today we're talking about stoicism, being being stoic. Um, I feel this is kind of a topic that's kind of become a bit buzzwordy in social media influences. And maybe that's just because I'm into it. But I feel it can be a bit cringe if if overly into. Um, so I'm here to try and hopefully make it a little less cringe, a little less cringe. Basically, there's good teachings within Stoicism, the philosophy of being Stoic. There's some good stuff, but I think if a lot of what I see online is to the extreme. Um, so before we get too deep into it, what is what is Stoicism? Essentially, what it sort of bubbles down to is accepting hard times as as they are. And basically taking ownership of the things you can control and making peace with what you can't control. That's essentially the the gist of stoicism. But yeah, I, I do feel a lot of what I see posted online about it is a bit over the top. I think a lot of these teachings within stoicism are kind of beliefs I've kind of made on my own growing up. And only upon sort of reading about it now, I'm like, oh, this this philosophy aligns with my beliefs, basically. So it's not something I'm having to force myself to learn. I'm not having to adapt how I live my life. It's kind of more a branching point for additional thought on core beliefs that I already have. But yeah, today we are going to be looking at some quotes. Basically, one book of Stoicism, it was written by a guy called Epictetus, baby. <laughs> He, he wrote a, a few old books. So, fun facts about Epictetus. He, um, he was born a slave. Very cool. Not cool. He was born a slave in the year 55. It's quite a while ago. Uh, born into Roman slavery. Apparently, was kind of brutal. Uh, physical punishments. Not a fun time to be a slave. Because uh, apparently there's a fun time to be a slave, Joe. Not a fun time to be a slave. Anyway, this is... This is quotes from him. This is from one of his books, which is called The Encarviridian, which is essentially 52 little stoic tips. <laughs> but but yeah, it's, it's basically just a, a book of 52 stoic practices written in a little bit of a weird way because it's translated from olden times, you know. Uh, so a few of the analogies used in the book is a bit like, oh, okay. I guess that made sense then, but you can sort of update it for modern times. A lot, literally, a lot of these teachings, although it was relevant thought two thousand years ago, it's still relevant now, which kind of I kind of shows it's good core beliefs for me at least. So, should we just dive in? I've got about ten of these. I think I got ten quotes to look at, and they're numbered. So I'm going to read the numbers they are in the book. Um, and these are all from the first 20 or so anyway, so there's a lot more teachings in here. Um, but these were just a few of the early examples, and maybe I'll do a part two to this if people are interested. Uh, let me know. So, quote one. This is literally num number one. 
in the book. So it's kind of the meat of stoicism in one quote. Some things are in our control and others not. Things in our control are opinion, pursuit, desire, aversion, and in a word, whatever our own actions. Things not in our control are body, property, reputation, command, and in one word, whatever, not our own actions. So yeah, it's wordy, but essentially it's just, you control what you do and what you think. Everything else is not yours to control. So that that's essentially all that was. You control what you do and think, and everything else, not up to you. Um, I am just going to paragraph the rest of this opening quote because it is long, but it's essentially on the lines of only the things that we control belong to us. Everything else does not belong to us. So you should not desire to control what you do not own. And to find contentment, you must only care about what you control and make peace with what you cannot control. And that whole big old section, that that's basically stoicism. And it's kind of just the basic principle for anything in life is kind of sorting things into two groups of, do you control it or do you not control it? So if you can't control it, don't let it negatively affect you. If you can control it and it's negatively affecting you, take ownership, change it. It's essentially it. Can you, can you make a change? No, it's out of my control. Accept it. Can you make a change? Yes. Okay, change it if you want to. That's, that's stoicism. Um, so yeah, our second quote is number three in the book. With regards to whatever object gives you delight, are useful, or are deeply loved, remember to tell yourself of what general nature they are, beginning in the most insignificant things. If, for example, and this is where it kind of becomes a bit, <laughs> you, you can see the age on it. Um, if, for example, you are fond of a specific ceramic cup, remind yourself that it is only ceramic cups in general of which you are fond. Then if it breaks, you will not be disturbed. Um, so that's, that's a long old way of saying it's only stuff, mate. The <laughs> material stuff is just stuff. You know, remember, it, you've got a thing. It's just made of materials. It's raw materials. It's been assembled. It's been sent to you. Don't get attached to personal, well, material possessions, basically. don't. You just shouldn't get attached to them. You shouldn't put emotions onto inanimate objects, essentially, because it only causes you hurt. Because you don't really control it, really. Really, you can look after something, obviously. If you have a, an item, you can look after an item. But if it's damaged out of your control, it's only, it's only a thing. It's only an object. Um, slight off topic from stoicism, but this section kind of reminds me of uh, it's a Japanese word, wabusabi. And it's the art of finding beauty in imperfections. So when I was younger, I feel I was a lot more protective over my stuff. Um, like if I had a toy or something and it would have a bit of cosmetic damage, it, it would really upset me, you know? Even though it's still functional, it's a very minor like little dent on something. It used to really affect me. And I, I don't I don't really get it why, because it's still functional. It still works. It still does the thing. It's just not perfect anymore. Okay, who cares? I kind of 
I've reached the point now where I realize that stuff is there to be used. You know, I, I definitely value practicality a lot more over looks at this point. It's like, um, like, like the current trend I don't really understand is people that are really into sneakers. And it was to the point where they can't get a single speck of dirt on their shoes. And it just does my nothing. It's, des- it's a shoe designed to be worn. And people get overly dramatic about the slightest speck of dirt. It's baffling to me. It's kind of why I wear white shoes. Part of the reason why I wear white shoes is because I kind of like seeing them get a little bit guffed up over time. I like <laughs> I like having dirty shoes and that kind of stuff. I like having stuff and using it. I know people are going to say I'm missing the point about the shoe stuff. But for me, I just, I don't know. When I see something that's damaged, it kind of, it gives character to it, right? When I moved into my flat, I had to build a lot of like flat pack furniture. I got it all delivered before I moved into my new flat. And so when I moved in, I had a bunch of stuff to build. And my parents were down and they helped me build all my furniture. And after we assembled all of it, we noticed there were a couple of items that were like dented in the corners. And basically they were they were damaged in shipping to, to the apartment. Corners were bashed in. You know, the, the pristine white edges of this furniture were showing a bit of the underneath wood. You know, they've been crushed a little bit. And my parents were like, well, you should you should call them up and return this because this is unacceptable. This is unacceptable. It's not pristine. This isn't what you ordered. And on one hand, I'm like, yeah, I get it. I get it. It's not the perfect cabinet. It's got a little guff on the side. But for me now... I much rather cherish the memory of building this furniture with my family. You know, the moving experience of us all together and assembling this specific furniture set. And it's got a dent in it, yeah. But every time I see that dent now, I'm reminded, oh yes, my family, you know, love and care for me. And we had a, we had a nice time moving in. It was a good, a, good, a good fun memory I have when I see this little bit of damage on this product, which I, you know, I could have replaced... And maybe if I replaced it, I wouldn't see that little dented corner every time I walk past my my shelf, you know? And maybe I wouldn't have that memory. I wouldn't be reminded. So back on topic, Joe. Stuff is only stuff. You know, don't get overly attached to your <laughs> ceramic cup, essentially. Things are things. They will break and that is fine. Right. This next one is a bit wordy and a bit long, but it raises a good point. Number four in the book. My quote number three, when you're going about any action, remind yourself what action the action is. If you're going to bathe, picture to yourself the things which usually happen in the bath. Some people splash the water, some push, some use abusive language, and others steal. Thus, you will more safely go about this action if you say to yourself, I will now go bathe and keep my own mind in a state conformable to nature, and in the same manner with regard to every other action, for thus, if any hindrance arises in bathing, you will have it ready to say, it was not only to bathe that I desired, but to keep my mind in a state of conformable to nature, and I will not keep it if I am bothered at things that happen. Ugh, fuck that, yeah. So true. Big E, Mr. Epictetus. Yeah, so true. A lot of words. 
essentially, this is how to not get annoyed at people 101. <laughs> you know, this is people are annoying and you should be ready for people to be annoying. You know, if you go outside and expect people to be the worst when they are the worst, you won't be surprised, you know, and it won't be as inconvenient. So if if your expectations of them are, are, are real bad, you know, you're going with really shit expectations of other people, you can't you can't really be disappointed. But if you go out and all the bad things that you prepared for don't happen, you may be having a better time. Maybe having a better time. Oh, I've just kicked my cat back. So sorry, buddy. I didn't see you under there. I think this one kind of rings true for me because I I used to get really annoyed at people. I mean, I still partially do get annoyed at people, but not so much anymore. I feel I'm a lot calmer with stuff that used to do my nut in. Um, I think one specific example was when I did my art foundation and we went in lectures, in this big old lecture hall. And I'd overhear the most stupid ass conversations. They were so fucking dumb. These people on my course just chatting absolute dribble while the lecture's going on. And I couldn't focus. And I was getting annoyed at these, these people and them being fucking idiots. Um, to the point where I couldn't even listen to the lecture. And I was so wrapped up on being annoyed at these annoying ass people that I just wound myself in a spiral. You know? These people chatting shit. This is not something I control. Take it back to stoicism. I shouldn't be letting this thing that is out of my control af affect my mind. What I what I should have been doing is instead looking at the situation from the point of what can I control? I, I could have moved. You know, I have control over my body and my thought. And so very easily I can, one, try and use use thoughts to block them out. Uh, doesn't work for me. I would just have to move. Didn't do it though. I allowed my situation to dictate how how I was feeling, which is stupid, you know? The easiest, most logical solution is just get up and move. Far enough away that you can't hear these fucking idiots. <laughs> and then, then have good outcome. I can't be annoyed at something, especially when I had the ability to change it. That's doubly stupid. Doubly stupid. Uh, th this whole quote also reminds me of like a so something my therapist said to me um, when I did therapy, which was actually around this time, around this time of arts uni, doing art foundation. Um, and it was, if you go outside, are you annoyed at the sounds of birds singing? And I was like, no. Why would I be annoyed at the sound of bird song? And it's the point of like, this is nature. Okay, you are outside. These things happen. It is just noise. You do not need to give it any thought. It is there. It is happening. Why should it affect you? Why should some people chat in absolute dribble affect you any more than the some birdsong, you know? And I think literally that sort of outlook has made me a lot calmer in a lot of situations. I used to get very anxious around noises and a lot of... Just sounds. It made made traveling quite hard for me. Uh, public transport was a fucking nightmare. Um, but literally just sort of taking a step back from myself and just going, birdsong. Uh, I don't have to really tell myself that anymore, but just accepting it, basically. It is noise. It is there. It doesn't have to affect me. All right. Our next quote 
Number nine in the book, sickness is a hindrance to the body, but not to your ability to choose, unless that is your choice. Lameness is a hindrance to the leg, but not your ability to choose. Um, quick side note, I think Epictetus had a, a gammy a gammy leg after it got broken by his owner when he was a slave. Lameness is a hindrance to the leg, but not your ability to choose. This is kind of his perspective. Say this to yourself with regard to everything that happens. Then you will see such obstacles as hindrances to something else, but not to yourself. So this is essentially if you have a hindrance in your life, like a disability or something, you shouldn't view it as making you lesser, but you can see it as this is something I have to work harder at to achieve my goals, essentially. You have a physical setback, you just had to work harder, but you are not any less capable. I, I, quite, I quite like this quote. I, I, think, it, um, I think it resonates for me because uh, my, my brain do be different to typical people, apparently. Uh, I have dyslexia, quite bad. I have autism, um, quite, quite, no, it's not. <laughs> I have autism. <laughs> Um, so growing up, uh, I would struggle with, you know, everyday shit, the basic stuff that other people kind of got on with, but I don't know. I never, I never saw myself as any less capable than anyone else. I always just felt that I had to work harder. Um, like grades wise, I never did badly. I just fucking worked hard, man. Like with dyslexia, my grades, I don't think suffered too badly. Because I worked hard at it. I got B's in English. Not bad. Not not bad for a guy that can barely read. Uh, literally doing this podcast now, I have done so many different takes. Reading the quotes, I've done each one about five times, it feels like. I'm not any less capable. It just takes me a bit longer. I'm having to work a bit harder than other people because of this setback. You know? And even like with like just preparing episode scripts like this, I was, I was having to read all these quotes basically and, and sort of digest them. And I know the average person who maybe doesn't struggle as much with, with reading could kind of blitz through a lot quicker and could read a paragraph and just jot it out, write out some thoughts. But for me, I'm like, this, this is extra work. You know, I'm having to you know, do text-to-speech stuff. I'm annotating things. I'm highlighting stuff. It's it's a bit of a process, you know? It's a lot more steps to get to the end result, but I can still get the end result. So yeah, this, this exact quote is kind of why I feel a bit disheartened when I hear people, especially when I hear people with autism, say, I can't do this because I have autism. And I think that's just, it's so sad to hear such a limiting belief from people. I can't do this because I have this. It's It should never be that. It's like, yeah, you can do stuff, dude. Just put your mind to it. It may take more work than most, but you can still do stuff. Um, so yeah, sickness is a hindrance to the body, but not your ability to choose, unless that is your choice. Uh, it's a banger. It's a banger of a quote. All right, our next quote. If you want to improve, be content to be thought foolish and stupid with regard to external things. Don't 
wish to be thought to know anything. And even if you appear to be somebody important to others, distrust yourself. For it is difficult to keep both your faculty of choice in a state conformable to nature and at the same time acquire external things. But while you are careful about one, you must of necessity neglect the other. Um, fuck. So I haven't actually written any notes for this one. I've written notes for all the others and apparently I forgot to write notes on this one. So we're winging it. But this is essentially don't, don't be the biggest fish in the pond. This is surround yourself with people more intelligent than yourself. This is always be learning, basically. And that's kind of how I want to live my life. I'm always kind of trying trying to learn more stuff. I'm trying to question my beliefs and grow. Basically, I'm trying to grow my brain. I don't I don't think there's a point that anyone can reach where they've kind of peaked, you know? There aren't <laughs> there aren't any level caps in the game of life. You you can't get a a, a a skill all the way up to max level. You can't Saints I always bring it back to Skyrim. This ain't Skyrim, baby. You can't you can't max out your archery to 100 and then be, you know, the best you can be. There's always more you can do. And you shouldn't ever think that you're done, basically. That there's always more to learn, there's always more to do. And that that's a good thing, right? Like in this quote, it says, like, if other people see you as all-knowing or something, or knowing a lot, you should always be questioning yourself as well. Like, just because somebody else thinks you, you know more than that person... Doesn't mean there's not more to learn, right? Um, so back to, we're traveling back to that arts uni again. So this arts uni I went to, I did my art foundation course there, which is a one-year course. And then I stayed on to do a three-year course of graphic design. And on this first year of graphic design, I was, I was, I wasn't feeling it, you know? I was like, this course is a bit full of itself. Didn't really get on with the tutors. Didn't, like the curriculum felt a bit, stale it felt old i remember having this conversation with the head of the course and he said well we've learned everything there is to know about graphic design and i i just i i just didn't know how to react i still don't know how to react now the the concept of this lecturer the the head of the course sort of being so anti-learning like we know it all already we know it all there's no more new stuff there's no new skills to pick up. What are you on, sir? What are you on? There's there's always there's always space to grow. There's always stuff to learn. There's always new things to to look at. Especially within the design industry. Design is always evolving. New technologies come by and and rapidly change how design is done. You know, whether it's like with video. Video is a form of design, you know? I do doing visual effects, doing motion graphics. Those didn't exist back in the day of posters, when posters were the new thing. So it's so arrogant and narrow-minded to believe that you you know everything. So this quote, if, if you want to improve, if you want to improve yourself, you want to improve your skill, you've got to look dumb. You've got to be dumb. You've got to, you've got to try and learn stuff. You've got to do new things. You've got to push yourself and that's fine. You've got to be dumb because you're not going to know your thing. And that's a good thing. It's good to be dumb. It's good, it's good to be dumb, lads. But yeah, I think that does us for today. Hi, Mort. Um, I'll be real. This this was a <laughs> this one took me a long ass time to record. Uh, reading reading quotes does slow me down a lot. 
so I don't actually know how long this recording will be. We'll, we'll see. But for me, it's been a while. Um, but yeah, let me know. Let me know if you like this one, because I, I can do more on Stoicism quite easily. Re- reading Stoic quotes from various philosophers, easy, very easy to do and kind of interesting to me. So do let me know. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll catch you next time, lads. Bye.